He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's Messy Podcast. Cheers! <laughs> there we go. There we there go. There she is. <laughs> Miller Crosby. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Look at you. You look so good in quarantine. You know what? I did my hair. I want. It's still a little wet. I wanted to look pretty for you guys. <laughs> we appreciate it. I don't know if you two have met, but Jenna meet Miller. Miller meet Jenna. Hello. How's I'm it going? sure that Miller, you've heard Jenna's cackle in the audience at Yuck Yucks more than once. I. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't I know if I out. should say cackle. I get kicked out all the time. Ask to leave. <laughs> you do not. Yeah. I never... <laughs> Usually she kicks herself out because she's she's learned when they're getting to get to that point and remove her. So she just takes herself out first. But yeah, she's a big stand-up fan. So I'm sure she's been there when you're on before. Why 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 would they get you to leave? Because because you're. A cackle's good. Like, oh, you're talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not like amongst people. I talk to the comedian on the oh, stage. Oh, yeah. Like, you forgot you're not watching TV. <laughs> I just answer. They ask questions all the time. And I just answer, especially when they pause for an answer. I, I had that the other, I think the one of the last times I was there where I kept asking the audience questions, nobody was answering. So then I'd come back and ask them another question and be like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, they, they're, they're not answering. I like when people answer. Right. Yeah, so do I. Uh, if you're just listening to this right now and you didn't already figure it out, Miller Crosby is a stand-up comedian. And she's joining us for another fabulous edition of Cocktails, Comedians, and Quarantine. Um, because this is kind of the only outlet for comedians right now. <laughs> it is. And, yeah. and are, what are you guys drinking? Uh, I have, um, oh shit, it's in the kitchen. Did you what? forget yours? All right, hold on. I, I also noticed that Dan Allaire wasn't drinking when uh, he was on, was he? Oh, he was. He had an old fashioned, I think, right, Jenna? No, 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 he had water. Dan? Yeah. Oh, what a loser. You're right, Miller. How observant. Well, we're going to do it right this time. I'm still and- drunk from last night. Let's just be honest. Hey. I thought the interview was last night, so I was drinking. I, I got booze, and then I was like, oh, no, because you talked to me in the morning, right? And so I knew it wasn't, but I'm like, oh, I still had too much last night in the anticipation. <laughs> Hello, well, cheers. Cheers. So normally when we have guests on the podcast, Miller, I have like this fancy prepared intro that I read for them. Um, But you, (laughs) I found something even better on Reddit. (laughs) Oh my God. I know everybody mentions that and I know who it is. Is Do you know? Yeah, it is because they erased a lot of their messages. But one of them was like, she has an Ontario accent. And I thought, I know who this is. It's somebody because I live in Quebec. Oh, is that, okay. Well, let me read it because maybe everybody doesn't know what we're talking about. But I thought this was, I couldn't write a better intro for you. So it goes on Reddit. Does anyone know this comedian? Canadians especially. Help. She's, this is a kind of a vague description, but here's, here it goes. She appeared on Comedy Now in the early 2000s. She's been on Just for Laughs. She's extremely tall with fiery red hair and kind of talks really laid back like a stoner dude. <laughs> 
They go on to say, in her stand-up, she makes fun of herself for how tall she is. She talks about going to church with her family and also talks about finding out someone she had a crush on was a heroin user. Your life in a oh nutshell. It, it's a lot of detail, yeah. And he started it off by saying, this is kind of a vague description. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what he says, too? Well. Is all that true? Uh you know what the crush thing was um the, it was a true story where i said that guy's really cute and somebody did say oh i think he's a weekend heroin user that is true and i i said wow weekend hair how, how you know you can't i now i'm forgetting my joke but it's like um if you can't even commit to heroin right <laughs> i have so um the thing is, uh, yeah, like that they knew so much about me, but they did say Ontario accent. That sort of gave it away to somebody in Quebec. Who, who would, would you guys know an Ontario accent? I do. Because <laughs> yeah, you're, you're from BC, right? Yeah. Just like you guys can pick out a BC one right away. I can't. Really? I don't no. know. Like, I, I think because I can pick out an Ottawa Valley. Now we're getting really micro. But the Ottawa Valley, Jenna, that I think of is the Ontario accent, right? Yeah. Like the oot and a boot. Let's go for a rip, bud. Like that kind of thing. Like in North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota or like Fargo, right? I mean, we sound like Fargo, don't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You guys just say your A's a little different. That's all. I find that out west, the A's are a lot harder. But this is only B.C. Then you go into the prairies, and they sound like what you were just describing, out and about, let's go for a rip, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the great thing about this, this question is this person got some responses, and the two best ones were, is this Jerry Hall? And then someone else writes, are you talking about Paula Poundstone? And I'm like, how old do you think Miller is? And then, it, yeah, and then it was like, um, somebody mentioned Morgan Murphy, so I had to look her up, and I thought, oh, that's all right. I don't mind being compared to her. She was pretty, she's pretty cute. That, yeah. I don't even know her that well. Do you know Morgan Murphy? I think I, think I know who you're talking about, but, not, but I don't know her that well. American, yeah, I don't know her that well either. But I, I just wanted to, I, you know how somebody will describe you and you go check them out and you, you decide whether you're flattered that they think you look like that person? It's like, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, when I Google Jerry Hall just to see some pictures to compare now that I know you, I see it. I could see it. Another Jerry, Jerry Hallowell, or, you know. Oh, yeah. That would yeah, be great. you could get that one too. <laughs> But I think it's pretty cool to be uh, on Reddit, like, you know, you're no Paula Poundstone, but you're famous enough that people want to know who you are. Right. And it's because I did take down a, a lot. I had some videos up or, and then I took them down. But I have one up now because um, for Just for Laughs, uh, that was our, did you say, did you send anything to Just for Laughs? I did. Yeah. They're trying to make the festival sort of digital this year um, because of the pandemic, right? Like we're online and that's how we had to submit. So yeah, I sent a video. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> no, I think they're waiting to find out if they're even having it. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Oh, was it they were still going to have the in-person festival just for last, but they were taking submissions over the internet instead of going around to the clubs. Oh. That's yeah, that's why you were submitting digitally. All digitally. right. Sounds sexual. Okay. Sorry. Well, the Comedy Now special that that person talked about on Reddit uh, was notable because at the time, you were the only female comic on that special. Is that right? Or is that a fake news? That's Andrew Wombolt. Andy Wombolt, as we all know. No, he started that. He said that in, in um, 
He said that when he interviewed me, and and yeah, I think there were a few other Bonnie McFarlane, Elvira Kurt, um, I think Bridget Gall. So there were a couple other females before, and I think even Von Hagen, Christine Von Hagen, might have done one. But I did a comics previous to that, which I also think that uh, who was it, Elvira and a few other people did them, Bridget and. Uh, some other people did the comics. CBC Comics was the one just before Comedy Now. Okay. Comedy, yeah, before Comedy opened. You know, Jenna, this isn't the first time. Remember when we interviewed Carla Collins, too? I had all kinds of wrong information. You can't trust Wikipedia anymore, people. PSA. No, Jesse, you can go and edit it. You should know that because you edit your own page all the time. I, they keep rejecting me. They won't accept me. They're like, he's not a big enough deal to have a Wiki page. <laughs> Seriously. Why would they accept it? I'm telling you, I've tried. You know I'm not even making this up. <laughs> Maybe it needs to be like the Hollywood uh, star of fame. Someone else has to nominate you. Maybe. I they think... see, like, the email address is Jesse Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Hey, yeah>. Jesse. <laughs> That's right. I think if you, if Jenna goes on and writes it, they have to. I think they do have to accept it. My I get to write whatever I want, though. Yeah. I don't care. I just want a wiki page. Um, and you would know about all these famous things, Miller, because remember last time we were on a show together, I, I think there was an audience of three. three. Um, it was pretty tragic, but we had a good time together. We did, actually. <laughs> and you told me it was a Super Bowl. That's why right. we were on the same show the night of the Super Bowl, Shakira and J-Lo. You think anyone's coming out to see a basement comedy show when those two are shaking their asses on TV? No. <laughs> I know. And I think it was the last one at that venue, right? Yeah, they just shut it down after that. <laughs> but we had a lot of time to chat. And you told me some great stories about times you worked in TV. Uh, was it Much Music or MTV? Where did you work? It was uh, City TV and City TV News and Much Music was down the hall. Um, before I left, Bravo and everything popped up too. You know, they started branching out. Um, but yeah, Much Music. So, uh, um, so I was just down the hall in City Pulse News and worked uh, in the reception doing, we were talking about David Brent. I always want to call him David Brenner. David Brennan? Yeah. That's CHCH doing a similar job where people just phone up and give you the tips and uh, comments. You know, you're in the middle of the newsroom. And then I was only there uh, there for about a year. And then I moved into the uh, news library. And so you watch all the footage and you uh, screen all the footage and pull all the footage for and, and roll the auto cue, the... Uh, we used to have a, I don't know if anyone's rolling auto cue anymore, but we used to roll the freaking paper through. That's how old I am. What's the craziest footage you ever saw? The oh, lots of crazy footage. Because I'm assuming this is all in Toronto because that's where those stations are. <laughs> right, but remember they had Speaker's Corner? I don't, yep. I don't know. Do they still have They that? are bringing it back because now they're bringing it back for Black Lives Matter. I just saw that today. Oh, they're Speaker's Corner's back. So, yeah, that was at the corner of King, uh, Queen, uh, King uh, sorry, Queen and John. And, uh, you know, of course, there was the infamous um, sex video. I'm sure they had more than one, but people go oh. in and do sex acts. In the Speaker's Corner. Speaker's booth? <laughs> and they'd play them at the Christmas party. That's awesome. And so your job was to go through those submissions, like people that would record oh, in the booth? 
They actually had a whole uh, section for Speaker's Corner. I didn't go through those. I just went through the footage of camera, anything on the feeds, like if something, there was a big news story. Or if we, you know, you'd have to watch the CNN and the Reuters and all these tapes to see if we have any footage that we could pull and use. And then we had, um, of course, the camera operators, right, that we, we sent out and everything. And so they, they'd ask for, when they're putting the story together, they ask for all the footage they need in the editing room. I'm not even sure how they do it anymore. That's how old they am. They had editing rooms. Do, do they even need that anymore? Do they just do no. it with their um, But yeah, it was cool. And then you'd walk out and it, much music was right there. So you'd see people like Annie Lennox and just walking down the hall, petite, tiny, petite woman. And John Candy, I remember a couple of people that I did see. John Candy, that was like, oh, wow, he was large. Was anyone that. really diva-esque, like Jesse? No, you know, it's funny. But when they started knowing that I did comedy, um, there obviously there were div- divas there. But I mean, um, when I started doing comedy, I remember, do you remember Monica Duell? No. Uh, you guys. We're too young. I'm too young. <laughs> Babies. But I remember her putting a mic on and, and saying, oh, I hope I don't see this in your comedy routine. And as your reaction would say is like, um, I, I don't think you should worry about it. I don't think anyone <laughs> really knows. No, she was a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. But um, yeah, I maybe they knew. You know, that stuff's so timely, right? Like... Um, Russell Peters used to do Harold Hossein. Again, you wouldn't know any of these names, but he was like the crazy weather guy, you know, and he, and so a lot of people would do city TV characters. But like I told you, my first time on stage, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be talking about city TV. And uh, yeah, and I, I, it was the funniest person with a day job. So I went up and I did all my jokes about city TV because that's my day job not realizing you can do anything anyway. And when I showed the producer, I'd said that I said I did comedy and I gave him my tape and he said, I can't hear it. And so he said, I'm just going to go in here and listen to it. He went in the audio booth and he made a copy of it. And then he gave it to the news director. What a little <laughs> shit. Yes. What a snitch. Marv Pewdy. Yeah. Ew, what a, what a <laughs> annoying <laughs> little name. Ew. Pewdy. <laughs> I know I can't believe he did it but when I I kind of like put it together because the you know he came up to me and said news director's really upset about what you did I'm like how would he even know right and it and it was like he went in the audio booth and everybody for a year said I heard your first time on stage because they had they saved the tape and everyone would listen to it and I was like (laughs) what happened did you get canned no, no, I, of course, I go in the news director's office, like, I, I sort of, pre, you know, like, I, I went on my own, I, after the guy spoke to me, and I said, I'm so sorry, I was like, I didn't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, I'm sorry, if, um, what was it, Martin, you know, Gord Martineau, and Ann Raskowski, and, no, you remember, well, Mark Daly, you must know the, the voice I, of City TV, but I did make fun of Mark, Mark and I, but I, I made fun I, I just made little jokes. Like, it wasn't even about them. It was just a way to do comedy. You know, like, that's my job. And so I guess I'll talk about it. I, I, I had no idea. 
Well, you were using your real life, which is what we're supposed to do. But you talk about all these people like doing characters on stage. And um, when I read your intro from Reddit, somebody said you sound like a laid back stoner dude, which I have to kind of agree with that persona that you present on stage. And a lot of women may be offended to hear that. But is that something that you try to do or did it just come naturally and you ran with it? You know what? When I first got on stage, people were like, where's that voice coming from? Um, and and I just, it was even more laid back, like really deadpan when I first started. And it was just what came out. You know, if you listen to Jeremy Hotz recently talking, he was talking about, it's it's not like you're doing a character. It's just where you're at. You know, I think I have a little bit more energy now. I used to get up and just be like, um, and I don't know where it was coming from, but it was also like, you know, I, I was the youngest of eight kids. I was never allowed to speak. You know what I mean? So <laughs> who knew what my voice sounded like anyway, right? Would it, but of course, the youngest of eight kids becomes a stand up. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> eight kids. I'm an only child. So this is just mind blowing to me. Wow. Eight sibling, like, wow. But Jesse, you're from a family of five, no? Five, including the mom. Four kids, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, so four, four is getting there, right? But uh, I mean, I don't no, know. No, four is enough. Shit. Yeah, that's four's what I mean. Four is a lot. No, 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 no. Four is getting to be, that's a large family. Now it's a huge family. Yeah. And and even, yeah, when you start hitting four and five, like, it's just like, that, that's a pretty big family, right? I mean, housing them alone four kids, let alone eight kids housing them. I hope they're all handy. Did they build their own house? Like those, like those, uh, you know, on TLC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, of course we're, we used to live, yeah. Well, our neighbors, they had six kids. They, I mean, it, it was like being the youngest of that, like some of them are baby boomers and the last couple of us are generation. What are we? Generation X. What do you guys, you must be Zet and you're millennial. We're millennial, but we're like cusp, very cusp, you know what I mean. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot. Wow. Did Were you Mennonite? Like, did your parents not believe in birth control? Catholic. Or what? <laughs> Catholic. But oh. it's always, I, I think it's always religious. It's always, it doesn't matter what religion. It's like, have a lot. If you're going to have that many kids, you need to believe in a God. <laughs> Yeah, my mom would always say, God won't send me anything more than I can handle. And it was like, yeah, I don't think God's really... I think there's she's also, talking to dad. There's also so much your uterus can handle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they... You know, I had a... she, My mom had an aunt who had 10 kids in Ottawa, the powers. And she lived to be like 102. But you're right, the body... Because your kids, your calcium in your teeth, like it, it besides the obvious, you know, um, no drugs back then either. Mm. And this is in Ontario? You, you're from Ontario? Well, my parents were from Nova Scotia and they just, they went all over the place with the military when after my dad, uh, he finished his, I guess, I, I can't, I guess he finished his degree and then he went to Korea. And then they traveled like Winnipeg, Montreal, Hamilton, Burlington, Toronto. Um, and they ended up in Ottawa, like a few other places too. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up in Ottawa and that's where my brother and I were born. And that's when my dad decided to get out. 
get out of it. Yeah, it's like get out of the military. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's like not out of what? the house. Yeah, that's how I took it too. I thought that's what happens with eight kids. Dad leaves. <laughs> Bye. I'm done. My work. Yeah. I'm out of here. So you have lived in Ottawa for many years, off and on. I know. So you probably have a lot of dating stories. And I know you did a stand-up show called Tinder Tales, which is where people. I've never been to one. Um, they asked me to do it before I was single again. Now I've got some Tinder Tales, but at the time I didn't. And uh, I, so I'm very curious what your Tinder Tales were on that show. You know what? I'm going to say, I went to university, I left Ottawa at 18, and then I went to York University and graduated, and then I stayed there for about, uh, I came back, I came back in my third year, talk about Tinder Tales, this will be a downer story, you don't have to let it be, it was a long time ago, but uh, my love of my life, my first boyfriend, died in my third year, right? So I came back to Ottawa, because it was all, you know, grieving. And then I went back to Toronto in about a year. So I, I, most of my time was spent in Toronto and I came back for a year when my dad died. And, and then I came back about 10 years ago. It's now 10 years because I have a boyfriend here um, that I met when, yeah. Jesse, what was it? Look about boyfriend. No, it was a sexy look. Sorry, oh. my, I need Botox touched up. It's probably not sitting properly. <laughs> I didn't know you had a boyfriend, so I was like, oh, Miller, another whole other topic just opened up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I didn't really, um, I so I never did Tinder when they asked me. It was just like dating stories. So then I started thinking, oh, no, like so many people would have, you probably have tons of Tinder stories. Now I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be pretty hard. I, I, it's so accepted, too. I remember when, um, you know, when I was starting maybe when it was starting out like my friend a friend of mine was always dating on the internet he was and uh now it's like no big deal like but then they'd be like guys would be taking shots at him and it's like he does pretty well on the internet like he's like hooking up all the time i remember even like in the early 2000s uh it was like very frowned upon like when jenna and i were in high school it was like no you can't meet him online and even when i did meet a guy online i'd we'd lie and be like oh no our friend set us up so yeah i see what you're saying and now it's like everybody's you're expected to meet online i even did that in my mid-20s yeah i was like i'm not online dating i should it shouldn't come to this yeah, I'm still young. I'm still cute. It shouldn't get to this point. And then I turned 30 and it was like, okay, I really have no other choice. <laughs> I'm no I, longer. I remember, I remember meeting one guy online in Toronto. And um, when we went to um, we went to a party and that was like, where did you guys meet? And we we're just like oh, around. You know? And and it was like they were really it was like a jab if you met online. It was like, oh, yeah, man. you must be desperate. Yeah. Like, now you have no choice but to meet online, especially under a pandemic. Everybody's in a mask. Everybody's going to have to meet online. Like, you're not you're not talking to strangers at the grocery store. I see what you're saying. And it doesn't help that they're in a mask. so You can't even tell what they look like. Yeah. Right? You, don't want, you want that mask to like, give me a peek, right? Yeah. <laughs> Flash a mask. <laughs> it's gonna be the new thing. Or a clear mask. There's a business idea. Wow. No mask. Yeah. Wait. A little, a little cellophane. Why not? Oh, 
Yeah. But all you're going to see is people talking. It's going to go all foggy and gross. Well, and you would also die because you can't breathe. <laughs> you can make it cotton around with a little window, a clear window. <laughs> there was a video. That, you ever watch public freakout videos on the internet? And uh, there's one, like, the people that just freak out and are always pulling their phone out. And they're always in the wrong. But one woman, <laughs> she cut out her mouth on the for the mask and so like what's the point right so the guy's scrambling when she comes in to pay for her gas like oh get the camera it's like and so he's pointing it at her and he goes hey that's pretty cool you cut out your mouth like that like he's making fun of her but she doesn't know yeah it's just easier like this so she's talking with this cutout anyway so then she comes in one day the next day like the video's still there and he's and she says, she shows him the video of her, like, you you recorded me coming into the store, and it's online now. I want you to take this down. Like, it was just so funny. Like, she was confronting him. Like, you're making fun of me. He goes, oh, you changed your mask. And she goes, yeah, and I saw your video on the internet, you know, of me. What she should have said is, oh, my other mask with the hole in it? Yeah, that's my dating mask. This is my <laughs> mask. Well, so ultimately he helped her. She should have said thank you. <laughs> I think he did imply, I think he did say something like that. Hey, but you're wearing it right now. So, don't, you know, you kind of owe me a little something. So you're, so you mentioned your little uh, man friend there. Are you guys living together or are you in, are you? Are. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. So you don't have to worry about that. No, he's. He's actually gone with some friends uh, right now. Um, but uh, we got along very well during, we got along better during the quarantine than not during quarantine. Well, what's your secret? Because that's like opposite of everybody else. I don't know. I, I, I guess. Um, it's a good match. Codependent. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that, like, I do that sometimes when I, I said to him, you know, we're codependent. He's like, that's good. We can depend on one another. I'm like, that's not what codependent <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think you got it. Get me another drink. No um, kidding. Um, all right, so we should get to the news. I'm sure there, I was trying to segue into some, like, couples in quarantine because I have a whole bunch of headlines we want your take on, but I'll get to it. It's in my list. Um, okay, here we go. So... 87% of people say they've had unusual dreams since the pandemic started. And that includes 29% of people who say they've had an unexpected dream about an ex. Mm. Have you had that? I have not had that. Although it was pretty limited in my exes. But uh, I did have some weird dreams. But I'm not sure if it's because, you you know, I'm drinking more. <laughs> and I think that's why. Because I don't know about you girls. But when I drink, like, I don't sleep well. Like, there's even some nights where you don't even really sleep. You're just in this, like, trance. Well, yeah. well, well. Here's your biggest mistake. Is obviously both of you aren't drinking enough to black out. Because if you really don't drink at all, you have a great sleep. <laughs> Until you wake up. And then you have a horrible wake up. <laughs> and you look like I do today. <laughs> you, yeah, but that's the thing. You black out. I mean, and then you wake up and then you're terrified, right? Like, what happened? Like, uh, I wasn't even, this morning, I thought, I almost plugged the wrong end of my, um, 
iPhone into the wall. You're the, the connector. I was like, wow, like that's how it happens, right? You're so, if I was drunk, I thought I might have, I might have gone for that. And that's right. You know, life is so boring right now. I've been tempted to stick a fork into a socket just to like get a little jolt of, you know, reality again. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, especially being single in quarantine, both of us were not allowed to, we're not supposed to be dating. Um, there was some, I'm trying to find the headline I wrote down that they, some country or city says, oh, here it is. Harvard University studied the risks of passing coronavirus through sex. Say couples should wear masks while having sex to avoid kissing and shower before and after you get it on. So uh, that sounds like a lot of work. Sex. That's it. And so, like, I get why you would stick a fork in a socket, because that seems a little more exciting than following these rules. I mean, the gays wear mastering sex all the time, but they're usually leather and it's not the same. You you know what? There is a country. And hold on. Let me try and find this in my. uh, There is a place that. Yes. The Netherlands. UK, I think. In the UK, they're making it illegal to be with anyone other than someone you're living with. Yeah, June 1st, it's illegal to have sex in your home with a person from another household. Oh, well, you know, people are going to break that rule. Yeah. How dare they? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's tough, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know. But are you guys, you're not wearing masks. So your, your man's out with friends right now. And see, we're very lucky right here now in Ottawa. I don't know how the cases are doing, but... I don't know anybody with the virus. And this is the thing that conspiracy theory people are starting to say. Do you know anyone with the virus? No. So, okay. Well, there's four cases. What, what? Just right now, there's four cases today. But you figure a million people in this city. Four cases. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I took it seriously as well. Uh, I did take it seriously. Obviously, I, I believe it. It's a dangerous thing. Um. Uh, but I, I think it, and, and you hear about the second wave, but I think they have to, um, you know, let it, let it, they have to start living again. Our economy can't take it, right? Yeah. Right. Well, there's ways to open and nothing's going to look the same until there's a vaccine. You're going to be required masks. Like my dentist called me about going in on Monday and all the precautions and stuff that I have to take. But at the end of the day, I can still get my tooth done and like, you know, I mean, it's just everything's going to be different, just like going to the grocery store is different, just like getting to going to a hair salon when those open, that's going to be different. It's going to be a new normal and we have to be able to adjust and get used to it. it. I mean, but do you really somebody said on the news 2023 in Italy, Italy's starting to open it up, but they're like, it's not going to be back to normal, you know, until 2023. Well, there's a vaccine, if there's a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the crazy thing, is that four years is the quickest humans have ever come up with a vaccine. So even if we manage to get one in one year, we still have to produce like 500 million copies of it and send it around the world, which is going to take an extra year. Yeah. Scary. Get your masks. During and it would be interesting to see what, the pro- what happens after the protests as well, with thousands of people gathering together in the United States yeah. and Canada. Yeah. You're going to we're going to see. And if it doesn't spread, then maybe those conspiracy theorists have a right to ask questions. Right. Because if it's not spreading at the rapid rate that they've made it seem, then why? Why was this such a panic? You know, so it'll be interesting. There's just a lot to learn. 
Yeah, I, I really um, would like it to, uh, like, you know, everyone wants to know when it is going to get back. Um, but I just can't imagine all these things, concerts and shows, not going on for us. Like, for, I mean, I we've imagined, we've seen it for a few months, but, man, six, maybe six more months, like, it's yeah. crazy to think it might be a real possibility to say, when was the last time you were at a stand-up show? Two years ago. Wow. No. You know. All right, another funny headline. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost expert says the pandemic could lead to a rise in people getting possessed because the, quote, negative energy from the virus and racial protests are a breeding ground for demons. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. I don't know. I believe in the... Uh, uh, do you believe in ghosts, Jenna? Yeah, definitely. I didn't believe in... Like, I believe in mediums. I didn't believe them until I experienced it myself. But, yes, I'm kind of like a... You gotta... I gotta see it to believe it sort of gal. And that was, that was it for me. So, yeah, 100%. But... I also think that with people being cooped up inside, their imagination gets the best of them. And, you know, those cracks in the floors and stuff that they've never heard before are, you know, and people's mental health is struggling too, right? So, right. yeah. And who are they talking to, you know? Like, are you, are you know, like, are you guys talking to people through the day? Are you chatting? Are you just on social media? Are you calling people or? Yeah, like, you're both alone in the house, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I've I've totally caught to this bubble idea where I have like five to ten people I'm allowing myself to see. Jenna's going to be one of them uh, as soon as she's out of quarantine, which is tomorrow, I think. Saturday. Um, okay. So, but like, that would be tomorrow. This episode oh, yeah. comes out on Friday. Okay. <laughs> Way to ruin it behind the curtain every time. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm seeing a certain amount of people, but what, why are you asking that? You don't want to answer my ghost question? No, no, be, because I was, I was thinking that maybe people are talking to themselves more and they're, they're, you know, and, and you, uh, you know, like you said, you're hearing creaks in the floor and, and maybe spending all that time alone. Um, I don't know about ghosts. I believe in the human spirit keeps living on though i i mean i believe in reincarnation maybe or if you could be reincarnated as anything what would you come back as i would give this life one more shot with a better <laughs> attitude right <laughs> <laughs> see if that works you know Try what age would you start what age would you go back to though like you wouldn't go back to being a baby I would. I would go back to because my mom always said, you know, my mom was uh, she was her own thing. She's still around, uh, but she's uh, she's she has dementia now. She's so sweet. But um, when she was she was always say, you know, you're my happiest child till five years old. What happened? And I'm like, uh, do you have a mirror? Anyway, uh, she oh. I, I just felt like um, I was happy when I was a kid. I think she terrified me of, she talked a lot, you know, talk about talking and uh, I would go back. I'd go back around two years old. You know, there's a theory on standups that you've had um, something traumatic by the age of two. 
that it changes your perspective on there's a it's it's called the the world is funny and forever or something like that or happy and forever and it's just always this kind con- i think you are trying jesse do you think you're trying to chase some happiness uh well yeah i th- i don't know if mine's from a traumatic event i think mine's a combination of growing up gay and fat so i was never accepted so i think my whole pursuit of fame comes from like if i'm famous i'll show them and I, you know no one will bully me then and i think that's where it got in and now i'm just a kardashian wannabe <laughs> but yeah. i think that's it like it, that is a trauma like you you sort of say what's the trauma like it doesn't have to be something big but it's where i think where your perspective changes but there is a uh essay out there the the world is happy and forever and I was really happy as a kid and I just loved everybody. But I think it was like there's a joy kill out there, you know, like a bit of a. And and so I would go back when you're saying I would go back till about to to, you know, maybe five years old. And remember what my mom said to me over over the summer that terrified me, an excited child to go to school. And then I was like, I didn't want to go, you know. Right. Like, you're probably not going to make any friends. I don't know what you said. I don't know what you said. But I was so excited to go. You were so excited to go till I got my hands on you. And then uh, <laughs> you were going to leave me, my last child. No way. You're going out. You're the youngest? I Yeah, I'm the youngest. Oh. I'm she went through some sort of, what am I going to do now? I could just terrify my youngest child and they'll always be close to me. Right. And they'll never leave me. <laughs> <laughs> but that is another theory I've seen of people that are want to work in entertainment. It's because they didn't get enough attention from their parents. So oftentimes it's middle children, which I was because they're focused on the older and the youngers or uh, the youngest. If you're from a long line, because you're, you know, you're an afterthought. You were probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was even one after me. They didn't make it. Anyway, oh. <laughs> I but uh, yeah, so anyway, the um, I think, though, there is another theory, too, in terms of the youngest. I think it was, uh, I forget who it was, uh, Wolverine was talking about that, the guy who played Wolverine, the actor. Hugh and Jackman. That, what's that? Hugh Jackman. That's right. And he said that uh, he felt that sometimes people say that they don't get enough attention. I think it's like. It could be anything. I know a few stand-up comics who are only children. Elvira Kurtz, an only child. Um, and also, uh, well, another guy that I knew, Eric Tunney. There, I'm sure there are other only children. But it's also like there's so much attention, like, given to maybe the youngest. I don't think that was my thing. But um, Oh, they were tired of you guys by the time you came around. Yeah, they were exhausted. <laughs> and... Um, that you're used to getting a lot of attention, so maybe you pursue it. I, I don't know. Like I, I think there's two sides of it, but you probably got a lot of attention, eh, Jenna? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it was funny when you said that your mom said to you, like, you were so pleasant until you turned, what was it, two or five? My mom's my parents say the same thing about me all the time. You were so pleasant until you became a teenager. And that's when hormones happen and you become a dick. I was an asshole for sure. Well, you got to figure, I was growing up with a bunch of teenagers, right? They were all teenagers. You know, you're going through all your, you know, talk about being fat, you know. You'd, my sister would scream at me from across the room, suck in your stomach. You look like a fat cell. And it's like, wow, you're 10 <laughs> years older than me. Yeah. 
You're like 18. But that Everyone be- says only children are all messed up. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's I think everyone's people. Yeah, yeah. Humans. Yeah. Okay, well, Jenna mentioned going to the dentist on Monday. Unfortunately, people in Britain aren't so lucky. They're not reopening. And people in Britain are trying to perform their own dental procedures on themselves. And I just don't think it's the first time because based on what I've seen, dentist offices in England are usually empty anyway. I was going to say, what are they outraged about? They don't often go. (laughs) But have you... um, I, I even went to, because my dentist was closed and this started right when I needed, I was due for a cleaning and I'm not having an issue or anything, but I'm psycho about oral hygiene boys. And um, so I went to some dental school that offers free cleanings if you want to be their guinea, guinea pig. It's on Rito or something. Anyway, it was fine. But so I got my teeth cleaned. So have you done anything like that? Have you, are you due? I have my own little tools. Uh, I know, no, I go all the time, but, um, six months. So I think I'm due in, uh, I think it went November. So whatever, six months from November. Yeah. So I've probably been, no, I've probably been recently. So I won't be for another couple of months. Is there anything that's like closed right now that you're just outraged and on the brink of like losing your shit if it doesn't open again? Comedy. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you, you must miss it, Jess, right? I'm worried I don't even remember my act. And now you see these, you know, certain comedians being like, oh, you know, pre-COVID material isn't going to fly, um, especially with the protests now. It's like, well, come on. I can't stop being gay. And that was 95% of my act. So I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think that people, if you get up and that's all you talk about, people are tired of it, right? Like yeah. COVID, they don't want to hear about it. Once they're out too, like unless you have some great, like anything, right? You have great jokes, then that's that's all that matters, right? So if it's about COVID and it's a great joke, um, yeah, I would do it, but. I'm not going to sit and talk about COVID all the, You know what I mean? Like, the, Oh, or, especially once it's finally over and you're allowed back in clubs. What, do we want to talk about that long two years of bullshit we had to just go through? Yeah. You uh, know what I, I got miss, excited? Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say I miss restaurants, right? Me too. Bars and restaurants. The stand-up thing, I'm not excited for all the, like, you know, people who are bombing that are like, oh, give me a break. It's been six months since I've done this. You know that's coming. <laughs> like, just shut up. I like Did you guys I- lose your sense of humor in quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> Miller, how do you feel about comics who bring out the paper? The paper? With notes. Oh, to, to look at notes? Um, yeah. Are, are they doing new jokes? I don't know. And see, this is where the, the school of thought is divided. Because if it's an open mic, I know some pros think it's okay. That's where you're supposed to workshop stuff, find out what works, what doesn't. And it's okay to look at the notes. But I think it's because I come from a theater background where it's like, if you don't know your lines, bitch, get off the stage. So I just think it's better to wing it, even if you get it a bit wrong, than to look at a paper. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I think that... Uh... Sometimes I'll have like 10 jokes. So it's like, you might want to look at the paper and see that you hit it. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. So none of these work. But I mean, um, <laughs> the, the thing is with the paper, I remember we did in Toronto, we did a something called new material. You know, the little tag that's on your, um, 
your bed, you know, your pillows, new material only. So we did a show and that was our ad for the show, new material only. And I remember uh, Mitch Hedberg and Lynn, Lynn was like a roommate of mine. They were married. Uh, years ago, we were roommates, but like with a bunch of uh, other comedians and um, they were upstairs, her and Bonnie McFarlane. And I was downstairs with PJ. Anyway, I remember one of their friends came talking about notes. He, he didn't do any new material. I just seen him at Yucks or, or another club that night. And I, I went up and I said something about them not doing, hey, that was a new material. And I sort of gave him shit. And then Mitch and Lynn, go, <laughs> it was like, because they're adorable. Do you know, remember what Mitch looked like? Lynn was the female equivalent. They were like adorable looking people, but they're, you know, they're tiny. It was like being, you know, giving shit to, you know, you, they were giving me shit, like, but they looked like puppies. It was adorable. Right? <laughs> like you're, tall, you're, you're very tall. You should tell everybody how tall you are. I'm six feet. Woo! Woo! And, and I, I, I just think in new material, sometimes when you have new material, but you're right, you're right. Adlet, you're right. Just, just yeah. do what you can remember. And let's make it part of your character. Like if someone yeah. came up and they were so, like they were over-exaggerating their nervousness and made it part of their act, then I could see that working. And I feel like I've seen that before where someone was really nervous and they bring out like a wrinkly piece of paper from there and they're all sweaty hands and, you know, and that's yeah. part of humor that I could see working. There was a funny guy who did something uh, similar. He's a guy that's out there, uh, maybe a newer, newer young guy, and uh, he did something similar to that. Yeah, I maybe. Say and Andrew Wombald should um, just be as awkward. Well, he is as awkward as he is. <laughs> He's already got that down. But I mean, that that is a great character to buy into, right? If yeah. that's the way you're, like, you're right. If you really feel that nervous, like, use it, right? Yeah, right. Everyone loves the awkward, quirky character in movies, right? People are going to love them on stage because they feel like they have the upper hand. The audience feels like they have the upper hand when in reality that's not true. But, hey, smoke and mirrors, baby. But, it, but you're right. It's a good point, right? It also, for the audience, you can empathize with that awkwardness. Like, if I ever felt awkward. But you're right. Now you feel like you're powerful. Like, uh, yeah. I control whether I like this person or not, right? Yeah. Some of them use it as like, um, it sort of intersects with theater. I think of Mike Tamoffi does one in Ottawa where he brings out his notepad and scratches them off. Or Christina Muehlberger has her diary that she's reading from when she was a little girl and you can hide your notes in there. So like Jenna said, if you make it part of your thing, it works. Yeah. All right. Almost time to go. Two more headlines for Miller Crosby. Uh, okay, here we go. Cool Ranch Doritos are finally available in Canada. Did you know they had a shortage just like the toilet paper? Apparently, people were buying Cool Ranch Doritos among any other flavor when the pandemic hit. I don't I, get that. They're not my favorite. I hope they're not using them to wipe their ass like toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted the cool sensation. Jesse, you don't like them? Oh, I'll take any Doritos, but they're, I wouldn't say they're my favorite. Oh, because I just figured that Cool Ranch Doritos were like the main chip for all white boys from Canada. <laughs> Maybe I ate them too much. That's why. My favorite Dorito is Sweet Chili Heat. You can't beat Sweet Chili Heat. Mm. I, I, I love all Doritos. Um, the only thing is sometimes when you open it, you know, if you ever feel like uh, they smell like 
dirty feet or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you get that sometimes when you open a bag of Doritos, like, whoa. These smell like puppy's paws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the Cool Ranch, I, I they used to have a ranch ruffle chip in the States. We never had that, right? But they don't have ketchup chips down there. Oh, ranch is like king down in the States. Like, it is their number one go-to flavor, dressing, everything. Yeah. Yes, ranch is huge, especially in the South. My God. I saw my roommate. I lived in Alabama. I went to school there. But I saw my roommate literally dump half a bottle of ranch onto her plate and eat a whole bag of those freaking pizza pocket things, those little pizza bites. Wow. I sat there with my Canadian jaw hit the ground. And people stopped and stared at me funny when they saw me put ketchup on my eggs. Come on. I what? use ranch as a makeshift dipping sauce for pizza too. If I, you, you know, I'm garlic. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another headline. You ready? <laughs> I know these are fascinating. Are you guys even using this episode at this point? You're like, I don't know. We, we want to use this? What we do. I know. At, we had this problem yesterday when I, because whenever I pause or we pause, it looks like we're bored. We're not. I'm trying to like wait for the delay. It's annoying. Okay, here's something else I didn't know was a thing. People with sneeze fetishes are conflicted over coronavirus. On one hand, they love watching people sneeze, but on the other hand, they're worried about catching it. And that affects how much watching sneezes is turning them on. Um, anyway, <laughs> the, the point is, did you know that was a fetish? I had never heard of that. We've talked it. about a lot of shit. But before you explained what it is, I thought the sneeze fetish was you sneezing because they always say that's like a tenth of an orgasm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I thought you were going to sneeze while he was talking, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring up the one-tenth of an orgasm because I think that's where the fetish comes from. Maybe they like watching the way people's faces spasm while they're like sneezing. Or I was really trying to figure out what could be sexy about a sneeze. Well, there's a lot of fetishes. Remember they just did the breakdown on the fetishes in America where they had all the sections of America and what's really been... Did you guys For the see state. that? Yeah, no. I saw it. Yeah, I think you talk, maybe you talked about that. I don't oh. know. I but, can't yeah, remember what the they states. were now, but... What's that? I, I can't remember what they were, but Jenna, you lived in Texas. What do you think? I don't remember. In Alabama? Yeah. Al Sorry, Alabama, same thing. What the fetishes were in Alabama? Yeah, like, if you had to pick one. Racism. Oh, your cousin? <laughs> <laughs> your cousin, racism, you know, white hoods, I don't know. Sad. It is, it is. And maybe we should leave it on that very real note, Miller Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, yeah, she's heard no racism. She's no, but you're right. And it's a, an important thing that we all should be talking about right now, so... Right, you but know. we're not that kind of show. We're not. <laughs> and I don't have any more wine left. Yeah. <laughs> so Miller Crosby, how can people, you, did you delete your Facebook? What would you do there? You know, I, um, oh, <laughs> I had a couple of people, um, yeah, I, I'm going to get back on. I always get back on Facebook, but I, I did get rid of it because there was a couple of people like uh, I'm, always, I'm always in trouble. They were they were, you know, you can you can tell who looks at your Facebook. You guys know that, right? How? That, that's a myth. You, like, I know they say that's a myth. 
But if people that you don't have anybody in common with pop up on your friend suggestions, they've been looking at your page. But if you do have friends in common, then it's random? Probably. I don't know if it's as random. Do you guys think it's random? Nothing's random with Facebook, let's be honest. Yeah, I think there is. Uh, they've been like, like, I know they used to say, oh, no, you can't tell. It's like, well, um, I, I have a day job and my manager, I got in trouble and my manager popped up on my Facebook and we have nobody in common. And then my union uh, shop steward, who we have nobody in common, popped up right. like on the same day, right after each other. And I'm like, they're looking to see if I'm commenting on them being. You're sh- right. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely noticed it where I creep somebody, and then the next day they're on my suggested friends. So I, so I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, because you look at theirs, and then you pop up, and they look at yours. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's why I deleted it for a bit because uh, I, anyway, uh, but I, I can, you can always go back. You can just shut it down yeah. and then come back. But, you know, you brushed over the part that sounds most interesting about that story, which is the, the person that you wanted to avoid. Maybe that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll have me right back because this was like, what, laugh after laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, right? It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a real look at Miller yeah, Crosby. I, I, I wonder if I, I did enough, though. I mean, I'm walking away thinking, boy. Well, boy. no, it was fine. Trust me. Dan Allaire oh, wasn't baby. any funnier. Um, <laughs> if you want, we'll shut up and you can give us a minute of uh, stand-up. Go. Right. That would be, that would be so comfortable. That, yeah. That's funny, yeah. What awkward <laughs> job. We'll just stare at you like this. Or the best thing is when you tell somebody a joke. Uh, this is the fun thing about day jobs. They think, oh, we have a comedian here, not even funny. And then you try to tell them a joke, and this is the best response I get from somebody telling somebody a joke is, okay. <laughs> you like that? They actually, at the end of the joke, they go, okay. And you're like, wow. <laughs> it's like well, God for this thing. Do you tell them like a real stand-up joke? or Because when I get that question, I have a riddle. I have like canned riddles I'll just throw out. Like, you know, right. what did Cinderella do when she got to the ball? Right. I have a couple of street jokes that aren't mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. and that's, that's what I would tell them. But I go, you know, I think we're pretty good judges of uh, what a street joke, when street jokes are funny or not. And I have a couple of really good street jokes, and I'll tell them, and um, they'll be like, okay. okay. Okay, that was it. That was the How end. How about you tell us one on our way out? The great way to end the episode, a street joke. Uh, okay, well, there's... Okay, do you really want a street joke? Yeah, hell yeah. Is, uh, okay, so this one is, uh, do you hear about, you know, it's the... Uh, it's the mailman's last day on his route. He's retiring, and he gets the one house. And the woman says, uh, you know, she meets him with a negligee. She opens the door and meets him with a negligee, invites him in, brings him upstairs, and they have sex. And he's, like, so surprised. They come back down the stairs, and there's a breakfast on the table and a $5 bill sitting there. And he said, you know, I I have to say... um, I'm shocked. I never knew this was okay. I'm I'm dragging it out now. Like I'm really acting it out. Like what did the mailman say? No, um, he said, yeah, I'm shocked. You know, I didn't know that this was gonna happen. 
And she said, uh, he said, what brought it on? And she said, well, it was my husband's idea. I told him it was your last day. You were retiring. And I said, what should we get you? And he said, fuck him. Give him five bucks. <laughs> they, she said, breakfast was my idea. <laughs> That's good. I, I had I had too many beers before I told that. I'm like, where am I going with this? <laughs> That's another thing for stand-up is alcohol can help, but it can also hurt. It's a very fine line, like most things in life. Right. Yeah. I got to quit drinking to lose weight, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry, uh, we're ending this. I don't even want to talk about that because this is supposed to be a fun show, and we're all feeling that in quarantine. Quarantine 15, isn't that what they're calling it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all from wine. (laughs) It, It is. Pure sugar. All right. Well, this was fun. Good. Well, the reason I brought up your Facebook, I was trying to plug you on social media. So on Instagram, what's your handle? I think it's Miller Crosby. Oh, fuck. Just Google Miller Crosby. There's only one. <laughs> or better yet, follow us and you will get her handle off of our social media. Right on. Yes. See? Jenna knows the PR. Miller Crosby, you're fabulous. I love you. I hope to see you in person soon. And thank you for doing this. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. Cheers. 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 Cheers.